now to Mike Pacheco with the Panthers postgame show presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. So after the Panthers take a 14-0 lead in the first quarter, the remaining three quarters, it's all the Miami Dolphins. So they improved out to 5-1. and one. Panthers go to 0-6. Plenty to discuss here with Eugene Robinson. I am Mike Pacheco. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, Eugene, the, the progress is maybe slow and steady, but not enough. Although a couple things to start just on the positive side. You get off uh, – to a 14 nothing lead against a very good Miami team. And Bryce Young uh, looked pretty good, very accurate, and uh, no turnovers. And that's something that Jake DeLome talked about. He, he talked about that how promising it was, and it, can, it gave you a glimpse of what could be and what can be. Uh, so, so I thought the first two drives, I thought that the combination of run and pass, absolutely exceptional. I, I love the ferocity and the decision-making of Coach Frank Reich, even in the fake punt, going down a fourth down. I, 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 like, I like what he was doing. And so when we look at this first half, you see a Carolina Panther team that could be really, really good. And I thought, I really did think this, I thought that Bryce Young might have played his best ball in that first half. I mean, he made throws out there that was absolutely yes. incredible and and under duress and getting hit. I mean, the Miami Dolphins, is, they hit the quarterback more than any guy, more QB yeah. hits than any other team. Yeah. And so he Third was in the league in sacks. I know. And he's getting peppered. And so I was like, man, he's standing in there and throwing the rock. If, if anybody wondered about his his toughness, uh, whether he's going to be able to endure and hold up from hits, well, guess what? He went against a team that was very, very ferocious and he stood standing. And so. I like what I saw. I know it's not what we would like, right. but I like what I saw in the first half because I thought it was um, definitely Carolina Panther football. Well, and I think from Bryce Young, I mean, we've seen over the last couple of weeks that you know the decision making is, is has been there, making the throws has been there. The problem has been turnovers, and today he was turnover clean. And, yeah, and not only that, but the sacks too. And so yep. they were able to protect him in the first half. The second half, not so much. Uh, with the protection. But, yeah, I, there's a lot to celebrate with Bryce. I mean, his numbers was, what, 22-35 uh, for 213? Yep. Uh, only one touchdown. Um, I thought that he missed the opportunity with DJ Shark running down on the left side. He overthrew the, threw yep. the ball a little bit. Uh, uh, but there was a blitz that was coming. He recognized the blitz, saw what was happening, knew he had a go route on the outside, gave him a 50-50 ball to give him a chance to go ahead and run underneath it. It didn't materialize, but that's the type of decision-making that you want your quarterback to make because he's going to make that throw, you know, or the receiver's going to make a play out of that throw. And so from that standpoint, I was like, there's sometimes when you lose, you know, it's, it's, and you go, oh, man, they, they just beat me, you know, they were just better. And right. sometimes the team is just better. I thought the Dolphins were. They looked at, at least in the second half. But what I saw from the Carolina Panthers, I'm – I'm actually encouraged. I'm encouraged by what I saw because I thought they stood in there toe-to-toe, at least in that first half, and put some work in. Well, and when you're in the situation, and this is only the second time in team history that the team has started 0-6, but you also have to be realistic. I mean, the team is trying to win. They're trying to string some wins together, no doubt about that. But when you're in this situation, you also have to be um, realistic in the sense of 
okay, we know that things aren't going our way, but what are the things that this team continue to get better at? Because the worst thing you can do is just throw in the towel. And, of course, it's way early in the season for that. But there are some things I think we've seen from week to week that are getting a little bit better. And another thing today, uh, three penalties. One of them was Johnny Hecker with a headbutt. But uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. penalties has been something that we've, we've seen a lot of in the game uh, this uh, in the games this season. And today they had three. The Dolphins only had three. So it was kind of a pretty quick game um, in that regard. But I think at, at some point, even though people are going to be disappointed with the losses, I, I think you also have to start looking at where the team is improving and that's just to give yourself hope for the future. I mean, you know. Well, we were, we've been talking about, hey, we need to run the ball. We ran the ball in the first Very half. Well. There was yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, Chuba did a great job. Yep. He did a great job, whether he was hitting the ball on the inside, getting to the outside, getting a stiff arm, pick him to that first down. There was some really good stuff that we saw running the ball. And because of that, it really opened up the uh, passing game. And so from that standpoint, when I'm looking at him, like, this is some really good things that you could – you could build on. Now, the other team gets, you know, they play football too, and, and they get paid just as well, and they got some beasts on that side. Yeah. If anybody doubting that Tyreek is not one of the fastest humans on Earth, I'm talking about on planet Earth, then you better go ahead and uh, something uh, something wrong with you. Yeah. Because you should be looking at the scouting report and know that he can run past anybody in the league. Yeah. And so – um and then you got Waddle. They got yeah. some guys who and can even though he's hurt. And then A Chain. Yes, and don't forget Mostert's and Mostert's and in Mostert's. the back. Oh my goodness! I mean, just the way that he he ran about. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Marshall Falk in a little yeah. bit. And so, um, they have some skilled personnel offensively where they could put points on any team in the National Football League. Any oh. team in the National Football League, no doubt. They put forty-two points on us. And been averaging thirty eight points a game. Yeah, and they they came in averaging over five hundred total yards per game. They're first in a ton of offensive categories. Running offense, one hundred eighty five yards a game, three hundred twenty seven yards a game. You mentioned the thirty eight points per game, and uh, if you heard in the the uh, the pregame interview that Jim did with Jimmy Cephalo, and I, I love that segment that Jim does with the the opposing announcers, and of course Jimmy Cephalo, former Dolphin, and yep, long former time, Dolphin quarterback, long time announcer, uh, he was quarterback or receiver. He was a receiver. Receiver, yeah. Jimmy Cephalo receiver. Uh, long-time uh, anal- you know, announcer and analyst for the Miami Dolphins. But he made that point, um, kind of tied what you just said into a bow when he said, you know, those four guys that we just mentioned, they could be a four-by-100 relay team. Absolutely. <laughs> and who's and gonna, win a gold medal. <laughs> and, 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 and who's going to outrun that right. crew? That The speed, you know, we – you know, L. Davis did this for a long time for the, the owner for the Raiders. He always had guys who were fast, yep. speed guys, whether that was Willie Goat, uh, Cliff Branch back in the day, Alexander Wright. He always had cats who can flat out run, run. because speed kills. Because you know, we yeah. all know is that look, if the quarterback throws that ball out there, you got a, a man who can run underneath it. Unless yeah. you are playing off about 10, 15 yards, you better get ready to go ahead and run. And then you got a guy like Raheem Mostert who can run that fast, but also can run you over. And can and can run you over. And just just that kind of Marshall Faulkness about him, where he's that receiver slash Christian McCaffrey, but faster than Christian McCaffrey. He's they they got to really do have a complete team. And we're not giving enough credit to the offensive line. Yeah. Their offensive line is impressive. Yeah. They protect the quarterback. If you see the time that uh, that Tua has, yeah. Tua, look, he got some days there. And even when we had, you know, four or five man rush, 
we weren't getting back to Tua. Tua was back there comfortably saying, I need to eat. I'm about to throw the rock over here. Uh, Tyreek, get ready to catch this ball because I'm throwing it to you. And so they have a really good, solid team, and that's why that team is 5-1 and one, because they really are that good. And if you'd have told me that last year, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. nah. Well, guess what? This year, I'm like, yeah, they really are that good. Yeah, Panthers came in with 14 sacks on the year. They did not sack yeah. to a Tunga Vailoa, and that was now they did get some pressure on him, but it wasn't really enough. And the numbers aren't that crazy different. I mean, uh, Bryce had a couple more ca- uh, uh, receptions. He was 23 of 38, 217 yards. Tua was 21 of 31, 262 yards, three touchdowns, and no no interceptions. And the Panthers did get one pick six, but game was already decided late in the game, and it was against Mike White, the backup. Yeah, it was against the backup. And here it is. I mean, you're absolutely right. The game is decided. I I got to go back to what I know as a football player when I look at the Carolina Panthers and say, what does it look like as, as we move forward? And what I saw in that first half, I'm like, dude. The ferocity which the line protected, how they was blocking downfield, how they was blowing people off the ball. They get into the second level. I'm like, this is something you can go ahead and work on. And we've been begging and saying all week long and all season long, where's the running game? Where's the running right. game? We saw that materialize. Don't forget Sanders is not there, right? Chenault right. gets hurt in the game. So uh, you have uh, – uh, Blackshear, he comes in. Yeah, It didn't matter what running back was there because the offensive line was doing a great job of blocking and allowing the running back to go ahead and, no, I don't want to go ahead inside. Let me go bounce this thing on the outside because there's a little bit more to be had on there. We did some really good stuff offensively, I thought. And so uh, I know it's not a win. I get it. You know, we measure by wins and losses. Yeah. Totally get it. However, if there's everything that you can take from a game – I would be showing these guys this film, this first half of going like this. Look what we can be. Yeah, and not second-guessing, but I think uh, you had the option down 28-14, late in the third. Panthers had fourth and two at the 24. Went, uh, you know, obviously Tua saw something, went downfield to Harris, overthrew him. But two yards, I, I think I would have been comfortable handing the ball off to Chuba Hubbard there. Oh, yeah. I was saying, I, as I'm watching, I'm going to like this. Oh, man, just go ahead and hand the ball off. And then I thought about it. I'm like, this. I said, no, go win the game, dude. Yeah. Go No, go ahead and eat. And as a matter of fact, that ball that was thrown to, was it Hurts? Uh, it was Hurts in the end zone. Okay, yeah. in the end zone. He runs a kind of like a modified seven route, yeah. um, kind of almost like a banana hook, if you was, when you were yeah. kids. And I was like, oh, that wasn't a bad pass and a yeah. bad decision is just that the ball just sailed too far. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? You're right. I could go ahead and say Tuba pick up two yards. I think we can. I thought he did a great job of picking up a third and two where he looked to his right, saw that there was, it looked like he's supposed to go to the left, saw that there was a lean mm-hmm. area over there, put his foot in the ground, hit to the right, boom, he picks up the first down. I thought something like that was going to happen again. However, I'm with Coach Frank. Coach Wright? Throw the ball, throw the ball down the hurts. I'm good. I'm good with that. Well, and to quote uh, the great Herm Edwards, I mean, they played to win the game. I mean, they were making, you know, some of the decision making early on. They were trying to do what they're supposed to do is try to win a game. And this, if there's a team in the NFL that needs a win, this is the last one that doesn't have a win. It's this team. He's not going to get the credit, and I get it when you're in a when you know my coach used to always say this: the the two things, the great thing about this game of football is winning and getting paid. That's what you used to always say. <laughs> winning and getting paid. 
And then he used to always say follow up with winning needs to be up there somewhere too. <laughs> you know, it was all follow up, right? Because he talked about getting paid. And I I get it, you yeah. know. I get it. But when you don't win, nothing looks no. good. Yeah. The, and that's not true. But nothing looks good. You can't hang your hat on something. I saw Franklin going ahead and celebrating a tackle. Going, oh, I stopped the first down, boom, right, boom, right, boom. Right. You can't even celebrate that because nothing looks good right. when you're losing. No, right. Nothing looks good. And so that's that's part of the landscape that we find ourselves in. That's part of the landscape that we sign up for. And that's always not the case. At least it doesn't have to be the narrative as moving forward. Absolutely. Well, we have plenty more to come here on the Southern Star Bourbon Whiskey postgame show. Take a look at the North Carolina Education Lottery when we come back. We have highlights. We have uh, exclusive interviews. We'll go back out to Miami, and, of course, we'll talk to Panthers head coach Frank Reich, and we'll have final thoughts from Jim and Anish. If you didn't hear the the end of the the, the game broadcast, uh, I think uh, Jake's trying to make a mad dash to the airport. He's got a flight. Yeah, I know, yeah. Jake's trying to get He's trying to go from being a quarterback to a running back. Hey, don't worry about Jake. Everybody's going to be out there celebrating because they won the game, so you (laughs) you might be able to get out there. You should be okay. Get out there in time. Yeah, you should be okay, Jake. So more to come here from Bank of America Stadium, Panthers postgame show. Panthers falling in Miami 42-21 to the Dolphins. More to come. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panthers football is heard exclusively on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Touchdown, Carolina! Join us in two weeks as the Panthers host the Houston Texans. Kickoff on the network is set for 1 o'clock. Presented by Morris Jenkins, official heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services partner of the Carolina Panthers. And we welcome you back to Bank of America Stadium, Southern Star Bourbon Whiskey postgame show. Panthers falling today in Miami against the Dolphins 42-21. Alongside Eugene Robinson, I am Mike Pacheco. Time now for the postgame scoreboards brought to you by the North Carolina Education Lottery. Elevate game day with the new Carolina Panthers scratch-off. Enter to win season tickets to the vault, a field-level premium seating experience on sale. Now we have a game going on right now in Cleveland right now. Browns 19 over the San Francisco 49ers 17 with a minute 27 to go. Now, no Deshaun Walker in that game. P.J. Walker, uh, the quarterback in that game, and it's coming down to the wire here. Cleveland trying to get a pretty big home win against the 49ers. This is fourth quarter, a minute 27 in the game, and now it's a first down. Just got a penalty by the Cleveland Browns. Gave Purdy um, a few fresh, uh, fresh out of downs, and uh, they're taking advantage of it. Well, they get a big pass play oh, here. So. Cross midfield now for the 49ers. So they're driving. The other game uh, underway right now, it's Las Vegas. Already a field goal better than New England right now. 3 nothing. the score in that game coming up at 425. The Rams will be taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Jets hosting the 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. And Tampa Bay hosting the team we saw last week, Detroit. Tampa Bay 3-1, and one, Detroit 4-1 and one. tonight on uh, the Sunday Night Football. The oh, Giants that'd be a good are game. at the Bills. Yeah, that should be a good game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Monday Night game will be Dallas at the L.A. Chargers. Earlier today at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, Baltimore beating Tennessee 24-16. to uh, 16. And Lamar Jackson, just a, a terrific game for him. He was not only, obviously, the leading uh, rusher for the, for the Ravens, but he was also the leading 
uh, who's the leading rusher and the passer, 62 yards on the ground, 21 of 30, 233 yards in the air, had a touchdown and an interception. Washington beats Atlanta. Sam Howell from Sun Valley, 14 of 23, 151 yards for the Redskins, three touchdowns. For the no Commanders. Interception. Commanders. Yes, you're yep. right, the Commanders. Yep. That's old habits yeah, die old hard. Old habits die hard. But it's, hey, it's easier to just say Sam Washington Howell. beating Atlanta. Yeah, I know. It's good, good for Sam Howell. I always thought he was yep. a good quarterback. Yeah, he's and and he's really come to into his own. Which is, yes, and he's a local guy, so we like to confidence. See that. Confidence. Minnesota over Chicago, nineteen thirteen. Cincinnati at home beat Seattle, seventeen thirteen. Joe Burrow in that game, twenty four of thirty five, hundred ninety five yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Geno Smith, two picks in that game. Uh, for Cincinnati getting the win there, three they're now four and one on the air. Jacksonville beating Indianapolis thirty-seven to twenty. Trevor Lawrence twenty of thirty, hundred eighty-one yards, two touchdowns, and an, inter- an interception in that game. Wow. Gardner Mitchell had three picks, threw for uh, three hundred twenty-nine yards, thirty-three of fifty-five, threw three about fifty-five picks? times, three picks in that game. Oh my goodness! Ouch. So a tough one there uh, for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, but a big win for Jacksonville. Uh, they now improve to four and two. And yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is coming into his own too. He's starting to be that quarterback I thought he would be. And he's on what his clips. third year. I mean, it's not like yeah, no, I mean, exactly. He's, and he, he, you know, he's had that. You know, the I think really uh, the, the the beneficiary of really being able to to come along and uh, and they've had some good defenses there. So you gotta you gotta be able to develop and. And when it brings me back to Bryce Young, I just see him developing. I mean, there's a poise about him throwing that rock, and he does a great job of of throwing the ball. I mean, I know he missed on a couple of deep yeah. ones, but man, by and large, he, that touchdown he threw to Thielen oh, when, yeah. it, when, he, when the other when the defensive back was coming across to intercept the ball, he threw that on a trajectory, and I've been there where the ball is sailing up, is going up, 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 up yeah. in the way, as opposed to coming down at you and. Yeah. I was sitting there going, man, why is this guy missing the ball? Because he thinks it's a direct ball to him, right. but that ball is sailing up. Right. I need wow. my I need my my uh, irons to do that. Dude, I'm just tell, <laughs> dude, I am telling you. My irons you, keep going down. They need to go up. <laughs> that was one heck of a play too. Outstretched arms over top of a, a defender, two people around him. Wow, what an incredible throw by by Bryce Young. And I know we'll get into that uh, a little bit later because I also want to touch on just that chemistry that's developing between Adam Thielen and Bryce Young. It's fun to see that. And a guy that I think a lot of people here in Carolina were happy to see Adam Thielen come here, but a guy that was kind of pushed away a little bit by the Vikings, and they thought maybe you know he had kind of seen better days, but he's got a little bit of a resurgence. And I, un- I understand as I was listening to the television and they talked about the uh, as Thielen and the slot receiving, he's like, Better than any receiver in that position yeah. right now. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, you know what? He's absolutely. I mean, yeah. Thielen last week had like 11 some odd catches. He had uh, double digit catches again. I mean, he's he's just soaring right now. And so, I don't know. He got to have close to about 50 catches already. Yeah, and when Easy. you're, you know, sometimes it's a tight end whether or a slot guy, but you know, a quarterback has to get that that one guy that he knows he can rely on, and that's starting to be the the case here. In Carolina, that's it's Adam Thielen for Bryce Young. Panthers falling today, forty-two twenty-one in Miami. More to come here on the Southern Star Bourbon Whiskey post-game show. You're listening to the Panthers football presented by Morris Jenkins. This is Jim Zoki. Join me in two weeks at ten for the Panther Stadium Show. Three hours of pregame, counting you down to the Panthers Texans game on the home of the Carolina Panthers, ninety-nine point seven, the Fox. 
This is the Panthers Post Game Show, presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. Zone read, gives straight up the middle, touchdown, touchdown, Carolina. Reaction and analysis to today's game with special guests, highlights, and updates from around the league. Complete, touchdown right side, makes the catch, touchdown, Panthers. Now what? How about it? Now what? Now to Mike Pacheco with the Panthers postgame show, exclusively on the Carolina Panthers radio network. And with Eugene Robinson, I am Mike Pacheco. Panthers on the road today, losing at Miami 42-21 to the Dolphins. We just, during the break, had uh, kind of the end of the Browns and 49ers game in Cleveland. The Browns were leading 19-17. 49ers had the ball uh, third and seven with nine seconds to go. Ball was at the uh, 23-yard line. Jake Moody and he didn't miss by much, but he missed a 41-yard field goal attempt. So Cleveland will hang on and uh, get a big win at home with a former Panther at quarterback PJ. for the Browns, P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker, yeah, so my good goodness. For yeah. Good for P.J. Walker because I know he got he got released. Didn't he get released early mm-hmm. in the season? Uh, and then I forget who got most of the, the Browns, yeah, the Browns, the Browns picked, picked him up. And good pickup for him. Yeah, no Deshaun Watson, so big win in the game for him. He finished 18 of 34, 192 yards. Did have two picks in the game, but – Kind of managed, and uh, they get the big win at home. So and don't forget for Debo and Debo Samuel, right, Debo Samuel and, and uh, Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey got hurt in that game as well. McCaffrey had 11 carries, 43 yards, and had uh, three catches for nine yards and a touchdown in that game before he got hurt. It was a, I believe it's an oblique. Yeah, this which can that be kind of that's a tough one for that position. Particularly. Well, you think about breathing. Yeah, lungs expand. Yeah, it hurts. I mean, you hear a lot of it in baseball. It's tough to. Yeah, kind of swing or golf, but it's a tough football injury as well. Let's get and take a look at the highlights here in the game uh, for the Panthers. And it started off; both teams had three and outs, and I think defensively, that first three and out kind of was like a little bit of a sigh of relief because this is such a prolific scoring team. So getting that three and out, I know Anish um, met, said this too. It was kind of a win keeping the Dolphins just to a three and out in that first possession. The the great thing about the first half is that you kept the Dolphins off the field. You see how prolific they are in scoring. And uh, and when they're and when they on the field and they're grinding, it makes it very difficult. Don't forget when Tyreek Hill makes that long you know, catch and he runs out of bounds and hypes up the crowd, that was a flat audience right oh, yeah. there. That was really flat. They was like, yeah. man, what's going on? We're losing 14 to nothing. And he's trying to get people to get the energy back into the stadium, and he was able to do that. That's how that team is. They they bank on that 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 uh, that enthusiasm. That three and out, by the way, was just the tenth time that Miami had punted all season. Get out of here! We, that's, that's that's incredible. That's a crazy number. That's a crazy stat. My goodness. So the Panthers pick up the ball at the thirty-six yard, uh, 30, their own thirty-six yard line, and immediately get a big play by Adam Thielen on a post play, twenty-seven yards. So that puts the Panthers at the plus 27-yard line. And then they started to run the ball. They got Chuba Hubbard involved a couple of times, another pass to Thielen. Chuba Hubbard uh, with a big run, getting the ball down to the 6-yard line. And the Panthers call his number again. Play clock down to 5, Young under center. Down to 3, down to 2, Young the snap. 
Handoff is to Hubbard, straight ahead. Hubbard reaching for the end zone, but there is a flag down. It came in from the near side. Offside. Yep. Defense, number 55. That penalty is declined. The result of the play is a touchdown. So the PAT good. Panthers go up by a score of 7 to nothing, And maybe building off that first defensive series, the Panthers once again force a three and out, including a big uh, third down um, play against Raheem Mostart. I, I thought this is what I, I thought we played some really good consistent ball, and it was obviously in the first half that that was you know if you say we're down twenty one fourteen you take that could have been twenty one seventeen we missed the field goal on that but that's back and forth a little bit against a very good prolific team that can score at yeah. will and it really is they can, they have the speed to score at will yeah they really do so the Panthers. Uh, Leading 7 nothing, they get the ball at their own 26-yard line. The first play, another big play on first down. So the first, not the first series, but they did get four yards on that. But the next two series, Panthers have big plays, 27 yards to Thielen on the first scoring drive. And then in their third series, a 21-yard pass to Tommy Tremble. And, you know, we talked about the, you know, the 4-by-100 relay that, that the uh, Dolphins have. Tommy Tremble with a little bit of a leap in his yard after a catch there. He showed maybe a little high hurdles there. Yeah, play. I mean, what a tremendous <laughs> a tremendous play. You know, whenever you're on the sideline, you know, especially running backs, we saw most of us do the same thing that Tremble did. They could easily jump over. They could jump over yeah. you. And so I always say when you're going on the sideline, use the sideline as your friend right. to push them out of bounds. But don't dive at their knees. Yeah. If you dive at their knees, they're going over the yeah. top of you. Yeah, that's exactly what happened there. Stay up top. Stay up tall. Stay tall. Use the sideline as your friend. Push them out of bounds. You have to push them out of bounds. But don't try to cut them because you can see what can happen. So Adam Thielen on the very next play, Panthers, you know, getting into rhythm here, 11 yards on and out to Thielen. They get the ball in plus territory. And then second and goal from the out, from the eight. Nice play to Adam Thielen. Young for the shotgun. Surveys the field. Miami bringing forward. Throws to the end zone. Caught by Thielen. Touchdown, Carolina, with six seconds to go in the first quarter. Young to Thielen. The Panthers have their biggest lead of the season, and they're doing it against one of the NFL's best. And two very methodical drives. Seven plays, 64 yards, 347 in the first touchdown drive. The second touchdown drive, 10 plays, 74 yards, 5 minutes and 21 seconds. One of the best throws of the season by Bryce Young. Bar none. I thought that one uh, when he was when he was scrambling out to his not scrambling. It was like a bootleg that was going to his left early in the season, maybe against the Saints, and then he stopped on a dime, squared his shoulders, and threw the ball to Mingo or I forget who was coming across Marshall, who was coming across. One of the best throws because bootleg right-handed quarterback throwing the ball to your opposite side. You got to stop, square your shoulders, plant your foot in the ground, and get settled. He did that all in a quick motion, and so. I thought that was impressive. This catch by Thielen in the end zone, impressive. So down 14-0, you knew Miami was 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 going to start to percolate a little bit. And they get a big play on their first down play at the uh, minus uh, from their own 25-yard line. Uh, Tua by 27 yards to Tyreek Hill. He was just phenomenal in the game. He had six catches for 163 yards in the game including a touchdown later. But on that drive, uh, they would get a screen pass for Mostert to score one of his three touchdowns on the day. The Panthers, in the, their next ensuing drive, 
Uh, and this was uh, a face pa- a fake pass to Chenault on fourth down on the punt. And we, I thought that was, and you, I think we both agree that was a really good call there. Even though they didn't make it, that was a good call. I thought it was a great call. You got to give the Miami Dolphins a little credit on that one because there were two people who recognized that. Oh, they're about to go into a screen, yeah. and they were able to get back into the field of play and push him out of bounds. That play had a potential to go ahead and maybe go the distance with them. It changes the complexion of the oh, game. Oh, it did. It absolutely and and do I fault uh coach uh coach coach Rice for doing that? Absolutely no. not. I thought that was one no, of the was... best calls and it was it was warranted at that time and based on our season, based on our record, it was warranted to go ahead and see what you can do. And you could you could probably take a ruler stick out and it was less than that. I mean, it was it seriously inches away from being a first down. And see, and that's what people won't even like they'll go they'll just say Oh man, we, we had a failed attempt, and don't realize how close you came to being on the plus side of that. Yeah. So, and that's that's what I'm talking about. No one no one cares when when you win, everything looks great. You did a great job. When you lose, nothing seems right. That play, I thought it was an excellent play, excellent call, two good play uh, job by the Miami Dolphins. But wow, Chanel almost pulled that off. And I think the the last thing I would say about that too is in, it's all angles. Like sometimes. You look at one angle, it looks good. One angle looks bad. If, if you don't have the right angle, because I know there were some people um, you know, on, on social media that, that thought that the ball wasn't spotted properly because it, it, a lot of people thought he felt he did indeed make it, but it was ruled he didn't, so you can't really cry over spilt milk. Yeah, and, it, it and it's, hard, it's, it's hard to win those, those calls when you're talking about ball placement. Yeah. Very, very difficult to win. Yeah, no doubt about it. So then Miami takes advantage of getting the ball near midfield, and they march down the field in three plays. And Tua Tagovailoa, it was uh, second and goal at the four, but he threw just an absolute dime to Waddle, uh, tie the score up at 14 all. Yes, he did throw a dime to Waddle. <laughs> and Waddle did that little Waddle dance thing, that little <laughs> Waddle thing he does. But the speed, because you had Tyreek uh, screaming across yep. on uh, – on a deep over. First of all, they, they faked the ball to the right-hand side. Yep. Got Tyreek and Waddle screaming to the other side. Matthias Farley's trying to pick up, I believe he tried to pick up Tyreek Hill, who's less beh- the first one to get to him. And then uh, Sam Franklin's trying to pick up uh, Waddle. It's hard to do that once you got your mind concentrated on the run. That run fake sold really well. And then, wow, what a nice pass by Tua to, to his guys. And I think... He could have threw the ball to Tyreek, too, because Tyreek would have probably scored also. So the very next ensuing drive, Panthers get the ball at their own 25-yard line. The first play was to LaVisca and Chenault. looked like after a spin that uh, he uh, kind of hurt his leg a little bit. Indeed, it would come to be that he had a, a high ankle sprain and was out for the game. So we'll monitor that, obviously, uh, throughout the week with his uh, injury. But that's going to be probably at least four to six weeks. Man, Man. high ankle sprains hurt, dude. I'm just letting you know they hurt. (laughs) Things ain't no joke. No, they're no fun. Panthers go. No fun. Three and out, unfortunately, Gene, in that that series. Miami picks up the ball on their minus 28-yard line. They march uh, into Panthers territory, third and six from the 41. Third down and six. Tunga Bailoa with a shotgun snap. Pressure off the edge. Takes a shot. Deep downfield. It's caught. Touchdown Tyreek Hill. Just outran the Panther defense on the far sideline. And then he does a backflip for good measure. The sockless Hill makes it 20-14 to 14, Miami. And with the PAT good, it'd be 21 And a penalty on that one, too. Unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike. Which, but it was interesting because I actually saw whoever took the cell phone video, uh, obviously put it up there, 
And it, it is pretty interesting to see. You see the catch coming in, and it looked very much prearranged. He came oh, absolutely. Right over to- oh, no, it was definitely prearranged. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely, he said, look, man, I'm going to score. If I score a touchdown, you be right here. Yeah. And I, well, give I'll me the phone. Yeah. I'm going to do a flip, yeah. and then I'm going to take a selfie of myself. I'm going to take a selfie. You know, incredible play. Yeah. If we need to talk about the fact that one of the fastest guys that, who are on our team, he just outran him. Yeah. Dude, Tyreek Hill ain't no joke. Nope. And he's just he's that fast. Yeah. And speed, you know, in athletics, you know, speed is can't teach it. You got it, you got it. See, that's like trying to catch Hussein Bolt. Yeah. You know, Derek Coleman, go ahead. Go ahead. You try. Ain't gonna happen. So Panthers uh get the ball back with about uh, just under the two minute warning, so about a minute fifty four to go. They get down to the uh, 25-yard line of the Dolphins, and then uh, Eddie Pinheiro misses a 43-yard field goal. Oh, that hurt. That one hurt. Because now Panthers, um, you know, kind of lose they're losing momentum, and then that just kind of adds a little bit of a sting to it. Then in the, the second half, Panthers uh, force another three and out. And I, it, it's funny. You look at the score, and you're going to say, wow, 42 defense gave up a lot of points. But there were some bright spots for the defense in this game as well. Yeah, I thought there were, but when I look at in totality, I thought that second half, the Dolphins were able to move the ball at will. Mm -hmm. Like, whether they're running a rock or whether they're throwing a ball, they were that skilled. And I thought, you got to give credit to their offensive line. I thought their offensive line, you know, there was a a shot, normally uh, Brian Burns does that Spider-Man thing. What, I saw one of the offensive linemen when he had jammed him up and kind of sat Brian Burns down a little bit. He was uh, and they they pick up a, a big a big play. He started doing a Spider Man web going like this, oh, and like God. shooting back at him or something like that. Yeah. I'm going, oh my goodness! But it was that type of day. That offensive line played that well. Yeah, Panthers did give up a touchdown in the third quarter. So uh, after three quarters, it was uh, 28-14. Dolphins would score in the early in the fourth quarter, 35-14. So they scored 35 unanswered points before Panthers had that pick six from Troy Hill that made it 35-21, and then that late touchdown makes it a 42-21 to score. And uh, that's how it played out in Miami today. And the Panthers, unfortunately, uh, falling. But, you know, good. Uh, you know, again, the future is Bryce Young, and it was good to see him have, you know, arguably one of his better, if not his best game as a Panther. No, no doubt about it. I thought that he played extremely well, and he took some big shots. If anybody's worried about his toughness, he's too small to play this game. Well, we well, we saw him getting hit by one of the number one teams that hit quarterbacks all the time, yeah. and the best at doing it. I mean, he survived. All right, so we have more to come here. We'll uh, send it back out to Hard Rock Stadium when we come back. We have some exclusive interviews for you. Also. Have the uh, Southern Star Bourbon locker room report, the Honda postgame scoreboard coming up, the injury updates, and, of course, final thoughts from the booth. More to come here from Bank of America Stadium. Panthers falling 42-21 on the road to the Miami Dolphins. And this is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
It's been 20 years since the Cardiac Cats punched their ticket to Super Bowl 38. Yes, Charlotte, there is a Super Bowl, and we're in it. Celebrate by listening to Cardiac, a Carolina Panthers podcast production. Join Anish Shroff each episode as he relives the thrilling wins and beloved memories that led to the Carolina Panthers' first ever Super Bowl berth. Fires for Pro in the end zone. He got it! Touchdown! Each episode features exclusive interviews. It was the Cardiac Cats. You did not leave the room because so many different things can happen. And original play-by-play commentary from the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Throws down, Phil Smith at the 45 to the 40. It's Breaks over. free. Touchdown! Woo! You can listen to Cardiac on Panthers.com, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single beat. Welcome back inside Bank of America Stadium. Panthers on the road at Miami, falling to the Dolphins 42-21. One of the star players in the game, Chuba Hubbard, 19 carries, 88 yards. And let's send it back down to Hard Rock Stadium because he is with Jim and Anish. All right, guys, thanks and welcome back. We're joined by Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard carrying the load today, 19 carries, 88 yards, 4.6 yards a carry, and the touchdown in this one. And let's go back to the, the part of the game that uh, was the most fun, which was the first quarter, a 14 nothing lead, Chuba. I think we got a, a glimpse there of what this offense can look like in that first quarter when you guys had that 14 nothing lead. Yeah, I mean, uh, we definitely got off to a fast start. We talked about that all week. Um, you know, I feel like we, we, we played a hard-fought game. We just got to continue to sustain and keep building off each drive one after another. Chuba, when this offense is clicking, what does that look like from your vantage point? Uh, I mean, I think we have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Um, once we get things rolling, the run game, the pass game, I, I, you know, I really believe we have all the guys. We have the coaches to, to be a real successful team, especially offense and, and defense. So it's got to put it all together. How did it feel to get to the opportunity today to be that lead back, 19 carries, 88 yards, and have that chance to get into a rhythm as a running back? You seem to really do well with that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I wish I could have did more to help us get a win. Um, you know, I'm blessed to be in that position to you know, obviously, you know, have the coach trust me to be RB1 when, you know, Miles is out. So just got to keep building off of it. Chuba, as you guys head into the bye week now, I know this wasn't the start to the season that you guys wanted, but what can you do to maybe reset, regroup here with this time off? Uh, just take care of our bodies, um, get our minds right, come come back for another great week of work, and get this thing turned around. Still got a lot of a lot of a lot of season left, so. And I know you have a potential big reinforcement coming in Austin Corbett. What could he mean to this offense if he's able to come back after the bye? Yeah, Corbett is a is a great leader. Obviously, a vet. Um, very intellectual especially when it comes to the game of football so having him back will be great um you know i'm excited for it all right chuba we appreciate your time thanks for joining us all right panthers running back chuba hubbard there guys as we send it back to you and charlotte uh, with uh, both uh, mike and eugene all right thanks zoke panthers locker room show brought to you by southern star and official bourbon of the carolina panthers celebrate the spirit of the carolinas a couple things um i thought were pretty good there and you and i actually talked about this last week but it's getting that running game going that's going to help turn things around, and today was the first kind of step in that. We saw some plays where you see Icky Lee from a, a tackle from his left-hand side pulls to the other side on a, on a tackle kickout 
block, um, almost like the old powers and stuff that we do, tackle power, guard power, all that stuff that we did. And I was like, oh, okay, this is some really good stuff. It's some movement stuff because in that movement, you can also do a pass out of that same same movement. So I saw some plays out there where the running back had choices, mm-hmm. and that has not been the case. When you have choices as a running back, you become extremely deadly because typically you got to be in an eight-man front. You're responsible to beat a, tag, uh, a linebacker or a safety and giving yourself some choices because the offensive line is doing a great job only bodes well. And so I thought first half, once again, man, we look really, really good. And I thought it was excellent football being played by our by our Carolina Panthers. And hopefully uh, – Tuba was a beast. Tuba played he, well. He played great. 88 yards, 19 carries. Uh, Miles Sanders out with a shoulder injury that happened in the game last week. So Austin Corbett maybe coming back after the bye week. That would be huge because now you bring another – piece that was a big part of the offensive line last year that ran the ball really well. You know, uh, and another thing I think when Corbett gets back is that, and fortunately we got that bye week also, yeah. so you get an extra week, is you got to get over the mental hump of when you've been injured. There's a thing that happens whether you tear your Achilles, whether you tear your ACL, when you're coming from an injury that's significant, that keeps you out the bulk of the season, of a season, when you get back and you start to run, you you got to have that confidence that, hey, I'm repaired, I'm okay, let me go full speed. You can't go ahead and try to protect it. Let me go ahead and go all out. And so I think he's going to be in that mode of i, I got to go all out and I can't worry about, you know, is it repaired or not. Right, right. The doctor said it's repaired, it's repaired. Yep, got to get, get through it. Panthers on the road falling today, 42-21 to the Miami Dolphins. You're listening to Panthers Football presented by Morris Jenkins. It was a season of stirring comebacks. Panthers have won it in overtime! Unlikely heroes. It is about a team built and put together on a bunch of second, third, last chance guys. And unwavering belief. We just started developing that mentality that even if we get it close to the end or get it to overtime, we're winning. Cardiac, the story of the 2003 Carolina Panthers. You can listen to Cardiac on Panthers.com, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. Back to the Panthers postgame show, presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. Welcome back to Bank of America Stadium with Eugene Robinson. I am Mike Pacheco. We're going to send it back down to Hard Rock Stadium. Jim Zoki and Nishroff with the head coach, Frank Reich. All right, we're joined by the head coach, Frank Reich, now here in Miami. And uh, coach, just go back to the first quarter with the two touchdown drives. Defense gets a couple of three and outs to start the game defensively down there. We got a glimpse of what you guys have been talking about that wasn't able to be sustained the entire game today, but uh, a really great start that gave you guys a lot of momentum early on. Yeah, I was was happy with how we started, obviously, defense with the three and out offense. I mean, we had a three and out on offense, then defense has two three and outs, and we have two two scoring drives. Bryce was masterful in the drives, were able to run it, throw it, you know, had a chunk play in there. Uh, good execution, good pass protection, defense executing at a high level. So um, a, a really good start for us. Uh, Coach, where, where did you feel that this thing turned? You know, maybe when, you know, we went, you know, we had the fake punt. We missed it by a couple inches. And, uh, you know, at the, I mean, they had, they had, I think they were up by seven at that point. So they had scored 21 answered points, which isn't good. 
Um, but we had a chance to get back in the game right there. If we convert that fake punt and if we can take it down to score and tie it up 21 um, 21, you know, who knows? So uh, they are an explosive offense. We knew that. We knew it was going to have to be a 60 minute game. We knew we were going to have to score a lot of points. Um, you know, you got to figure you're going to have to score a lot of points against this offense. So um, we got to be better in all three phases. What was your assessment today of, of your run game? You know, I thought that we ran the ball physical at times, and, um, you know, I, I'll have to look at the film, but, you know, it felt to me like Chuba had a decent day. And, uh, you know, there were some things that are positive. Um, you know, we got to continue to look for ways to get a few more explosive plays in the run game, but, um, you know, we'll take a look at the tape and see and evaluate from there. And, again, it was, it was no one thing today, but not getting the field goal right before the end of the half, turnover and downs in the second uh, happen the third quarter there again those opportunities you talk about where you know you got to try to match points with a team like Miami yeah and so we knew we were going to go in and be aggressive so you know we go forward on fourth down to try to get back in the game and you know on a fourth and two and uh you know we, we just we didn't convert um you know we, we missed the field goal um we turned it over on downs obviously on the fake punt so um there there's you know if you get those points you know there's 17 there's potentially 17 21 points right you know or 17 points right there it could make it interesting uh, coach last thing is as you guys go into the bye week uh, how, how much of this time not just from a mental standpoint but physically just getting some key guys healthy it'll be good you know we'll come back and there's a chance you know there's some guys will be getting healthy you know if not for houston you know sh- shortly after there you know we'll have a couple guys coming back so and then the guys, you know, the guy. There are some guys dinged up right now. Gives us an extra week to get those guys freshened up. But you know, we'll come in for a couple of days here, get some work done um, for you know from the players and coaches standpoint for three days, and then the coaches will, you know, get some extra work done on self scout and find ways to get better. All right, Coach Frank Reich, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, Coach. There as we send it back to Charlotte once again with Mike and Eugene. All right, Zoke, thank you very much. So Panthers falling here 42-21. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I thought that was a really interesting, interesting in a good way, um, interview with Frank Reich because, I mean, you can hear the disappointment, but you can also hear that he's continuing to send that message like, look, things are not that far off. And also, and I would say this in the first half, I thought the play calling from his standpoint was exceptional. Yeah. I mean, I thought he did a really, really good job. I mean, you're right. There's a fake punt. You miss on it by inches, inches. right? It could have easily turned the tide. This, the game is typically it hangs on five plays in a that you got to go ahead and make, and the ones that we did not come up come up with in that that uh, that that punt. Fake punt, I thought, was one of the plays. Uh, man, if we get this play, I think we're going down the field, and I think that we're going to go ahead and score, and now it's 21-21. Right. Totally different totally game. Totally different game. Totally different game. So a totally different mindset because now on that sideline, you're like this, oh, we can match you tit for tat. Oh, we can go against you. No big deal. You know, and and that is what the Carolina Panthers felt, but then you it seemed to dissipate and just get sucked out of them the second half of the game. Well, and the difference between teams with winning records and teams that are losing records is that that fickle fate of confidence. You, the last thing you want is that oh here we go again to yep. creep in. It's that's sometimes that's a hard hard thing to hear on your and shoulder. it's and it's contagious. That confidence is contagious, and also losing is contagious because then you get that sinking feeling like oh no here we go again. But did you notice that when they were down fourteen points, there was this still this expectation that. 
they they were going to go ahead and win. Yeah. There was an expectation yeah. that they want to go ahead. Oh, we're going to go ahead and score. Right. When we score, it's going to be over. Right. It, you you felt that that that's the way that they were thinking. Yeah, Miami was thinking and that. And that's the way teams when you're winning. Yeah. That's how you feel. Yeah. Yep. And this is a Miami team that came in four and one. They leave at five and one. The Panthers now zero and six with a bye week next week, and then back to back home games with Houston and Indianapolis coming in and. Uh, one of those teams won, one of those teams lost. So I don't know if that makes a difference, but the bye week hopefully will for the Carolina Panthers. With Eugene Robinson, I'm Mike Pacheco. More to come here on the Southern Star Bourbon Whiskey Post Game Show. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. It was a season that captured the hearts of the city. A lot of people in Charlotte, the Panthers were their second favorite team. I think after that, Panthers started becoming their first favorite team. And the region, we were the first to be able to bring that type of joy to the Carolinas. Cardiac, the story of the 2003 Carolina Panthers. Yes, Charlotte, there is a Super Bowl, and we're in it. You can listen to Cardiac on Panthers.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Back at Bank of America Stadium, Mike Pacheco, Eugene Robinson with you. Drive around the league, brought to you by the Honda dealers of the Carolinas. Panthers falling today 42-21. Taking a look at the games in progress right now, Las Vegas 10-3 over New England at home. Rams and Chargers all even at three apiece. And the Eagles, the last remaining undefeated team in the league, 7-0 in New York against the New York Jets. Detroit, we saw them last week. They have a 3-0 lead over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And wanted to look also at some of the, the numbers from this game. And when you look at what... Miami was doing when they came into this game. They were averaging 513 total yards per game. Panthers held them under that number, 424. They had 162 total rushing yards. Coming into the game, they were averaging 185.8 uh, yards per game. So, I mean, again, it's, it's not, I know it's marginal, but guess what? It, I it's, mean, a, it's a th- check, right? It's a check. You get to check the box. The other thing that, I mean, the numbers aren't that far off. But the percentages are kind of indicative of, and the Panthers have been good on third down offensively all year. Today they were thirty five percent, five of fourteen. Some of that was because they were playing behind, and then they yeah. had to catch up. And but uh, that wasn't a narrative in the first half. No, it was not. No, in not the first at all. Half. And then overall, fifty three percent from third down, seven of thirteen for the Dolphins. Well, seven of thirteen seven. for the Dolphins. Yeah, that's that's too much. Panthers also won the uh, time of possession battle, thirty almost. 31 minutes to about 29 minutes. That's 7 of 13, a 53% from the Dolphins tells our defense we can't get off the field. Yep. That's what that means. Well, and it shows because there was a stretch in this game where the Dolphins scored 35 unanswered points, and they scored, I think, in five out of six straight possessions. And that's that, That's where you kind of bring back the numbers and kind of helps explain what what happened. It's unfortunate because it's like – you know, we talked about this last week with the whack-a-mole. It's like, okay, we need to get better at the running game. Okay, the running game's getting better. Okay, well, then there's a problem over here we got to fix. But th- that's what happens when you're 0-6. That's, that's what happens when you're 0-6. Like I said, nobody cares. Nobody's going to go to rescue you. You have to rescue yourself. Yeah, no, so, but getting a win helps. It does. Well, will have final thoughts from Jim and Anish when we come back here to Bank of America Stadium. You're listening to Panthers Football, presented by Morris Jenkins. This is Jim Zoki. Join me in two weeks at 10 for the Panther Stadium Show. Three hours of pregame counting you down to the Panthers-Texans game. On the home of the Carolina Panthers, 99.7 The Fox.
back to Mike Pacheco with more of the Panthers postgame show presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. With Eugene Robinson, I am Mike Pacheco after the Panthers 42-21 loss in Miami. Let's take a look at the Atrium Health injury report. You deserve to live your best life and Atrium Health is here to help. So three injuries in three key guys, Eugene. LaVisca Chenault had the high ankle sprain. All guys were ruled out in this game. Yitor Grossmatos late in the game had a hamstring, and Frankie Louvu was uh, injured with a hip. And, of course, we'll know more about this later in the week. And make sure you check out the Panthers' social media channels and panthers.com. But it, it, look, it happens to everybody, but the injury bug continues to despite this team week after week. Man, I'll tell you what's, what helps is the fact you got a bye week coming up. Yeah. <laughs> it helps <laughs> tremendously. Doubt. Having two weeks to get ready. That's a different, big difference. What is from the players' perspective? I mean, obviously, you see one thing in practice, and you see a few bright spots, you know, in games. But going into the bye week, is this? Do you think it's a good time? Yes, it is. You, you got to get, you know, you got to get this funk off of you. Yeah, you know, and so and the bye week is going to allow you to go ahead and take a look at film, take a look to see what you're doing. Coach is going to be reevaluating everything that they've done to this point. He's going to evaluate the coaches. He's going to evaluate the players. He's going to do all that type of stuff. This is your chance to go and evaluate, and you get, a, you get a reprieve. You don't have to worry about a game, and you get to heal up. And so when you're losing, this is a great time to have the bye because now it's a chance to reset. you got really two weeks to go ahead and work on the game. All right, well, let's send it back out to Hard Rock Stadium. Jim Zoki and Anish Shroff offering their final thoughts after the game today. All right, Jake had to catch a flight, so Jim and Anish here with the final thoughts. 42-21, a, a game that started with such promise, a 14-0 Panthers lead with two touchdown drives in the first quarter, Anish. Uh, but, but not only that, the defense with a three and outs are holding Miami early, looking good, looking strong at that point. You knew Miami was going to get some points. You were hoping it wouldn't be 42, which actually is above their average of 36. I think yardage-wise, we kept them slightly below their uh, average, which is ridiculous, 513. I think they were right around 400 by the end of this one. Uh, but as advertised, Tua, Tyreek, Raheem, they're tough, and they're going to get their points, and the Panthers were just overmatched as it turned out. But there were some things, especially early on, Bryce Young, I mean, when given the time, I mean, he looks like the guy that they thought they were going to have in the draft, and he's still that guy, and they believe in him. And we got some glimpses of that early on. Yeah, and listen, you know, there's no way to you know paint a pretty picture around 0-6. You just can't do it. But Austin Corbett coming back and solidifying the line a little bit, you're talking about a borderline all-pro, Pro Bowl caliber guard mm-hmm. that you're plugging in there, and you know, then it allows you to kind of figure out left guard, whether it's a healthy Chandler Zavala or you move Throckmorton or Mays, whatever you do there, but you're getting one huge piece of your offense back. I think that's going to help Bryce Young a lot. It's going to help the run game a lot. Uh, there were a lot of positives early. Chuba Hubbard ran the ball real well. They had to get away from the run when you get behind by two, three scores in the second half. Uh, and then Miami was able to dial up the blitz. Nobody wants to hear it. Baby steps, stay with the process. But uh, there's no real choice right now other than to you know, stay the course, continue having you know some of these incremental moments, and then you hope there is that eureka moment. And we saw that last year. I mean, I, I kind of go back to the one and five game a year ago. Tampa McCaffrey's been traded. You're starting PJ Walker. We walked in going, oh boy, <laughs> and then he ended up winning the game. And all right. of a sudden, you found an identity. Hey, 
this is who you were, a downhill running team. This is a team that's still very much searching for an identity. And you know, the schedule getting easier on the back end, I do think that helps. But uh, there's going to be a lot of tough questions asked. There's going to be a lot of criticism levied. There's going to be a lot of fan frustration. And I, I do think that you know, folks inside the building know that you're going to have to make allowance for that because people will judge you ultimately by how many games you win and how many you lose. You and I, I think, uh, to some degree, I'm paraphrasing what we said on one of the early Panther talks. might have been preseason even. If you come out of this year at the end and you've got your quarterback, you know, you can build around that. No doubt. And you would take that because you've got a young 22-year-old quarterback. And, yes, you need lots of pieces to put around that. You need, you need 44 starters out there. But it's like you need to have these guys that are able to come out here and play football and block for him, make the catches, not drop them. And you've got to um, take your time in putting that together because you did give up some pieces to get that big piece. And it's just going to be a matter of time before you put all that back in place at, uh, to replace that, as you said, you give away Christian McCaffrey, you give away D.J. Moore, you do some of these things, and you end up with the quarterback you want. But it's going to take a little bit of time to get – there are some pieces here, but to get all the correct pieces uh, could be a year uh, from now before we see all that put together. Yeah, and, and it may be a process, but if you have the guy who touches the ball on every play, that is a masking agent. That can erase deficiencies in other areas. You've seen it with Kansas City and Buffalo and – you know, Cincinnati the last couple of years at least, and the teams that have that guy, Green Bay, for years with Aaron Rodgers. It, it puts you in some sort of uh, a contention window. I think the expectation is for the second half to be better than the first half. It, it has to be. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I understand. Right now it feels like the sky is falling. Uh, one big piece of this, health. you got two weeks now between games. It is a chance to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Heal up. The guys who've been playing hurt, maybe you get close to full strength. The guys who've been out, you start to get some reinforcements. I think the last two weeks against really good offensive teams, you felt that on the defensive side. Absolutely. All right, good words in niche. We'll send it back to the studio now with Mike and Eugene. All right, thank you very much, guys. And, you know, Gene, I think it's a good point that Anish just made. You know, the last two teams they played are playoff contending teams. I mean, and high, you know, have a chance to go deep into the playoffs in Detroit – in Miami, you have a bye week this week, so you get a chance to kind of maybe get some guys healthy, work on a few things. But the next three games, even the next four games, if you include Dallas and the fifth game, including Tennessee, the only team they have in their next five games that uh, has a winning record right now is Dallas at three and two. You get two of the teams are three and three. Chicago's one and five, and Tennessee is two and four. So if you can go on a little bit of a, a, a string here. You know, zero and six looks bad, but you know, four and six, you know, five and seven, that you know, it doesn't look too bad. You know, we lost forty-two to twenty-four the week before. Yep. And then today is forty-two to twenty-one. The one thing about this offense that I would say is that I know that they can score, yep. and that's obvious that we can go ahead and score defensively. Even when we had our troubles, is that bend but don't break. But we have, we have moments where we look extremely good and then we have moments where we don't look good and so from that standpoint when we when we're moving forward this is an education process that's going to happen for a young team football is going to educate you you know yeah we get Corbett back and that's going to be that's going to help and improve things but you got to go through these growing pains you you you, you just do no one no one gets a free ride because the other teams have been practicing and playing and and building and building and building. And so they're trying to do the exact same thing that you 
are doing. Is it a lost call season? Absolutely not. This this is an easy thing that you can turn around, but it starts in that locker room and it starts in the film room and it starts on the practice field that knowing that you can go ahead and score and knowing that you can defend and that's going to be a mindset. And once you get that, you can play against anybody. All right, Eugene and I will have our three and outs when we come back. Also, our Sun Belt hardest working player. Panthers falling today on the road Chuba. in Miami, 42 to 21. Chuba. I have a feeling we're, we have like minds. Like minds. Tuba! You're listening to Panthers Football, presented by Morris Jenkins. Panthers Football is heard exclusively on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Touchdown, Carolina! Join us in two weeks as the Panthers host the Houston Texans. Kickoff on the network is set for 1 o'clock. Presented by Morris Jenkins, official heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services partner of the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers postgame show continues. Presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. And we welcome you back inside Bank of America Stadium. Panthers on the road falling 42-21 to the Miami Dolphins. You're listening to the Southern Star Bourbon Whiskey postgame show with Eugene Robinson. I am Mike Pacheco. Time now for our three and outs. And uh, Eugene, I'll go first. I like the progress that we've seen from Bryce Young. Back-to-back weeks. Now, I know he had the interceptions last week, but really saw the field a lot. It's continuing to see the field better is what I'm trying to say. But no interceptions today I think was huge. I think penalties have boggled this team down a little bit. Didn't see that today. Only three uh, penalties and not a lot of yards. And I will say this about the defense. 42 points in back-to-back games they've given up. Need to see a little bit more pressure from them. No sacks today. We've seen the offensive prove, but I think now we need to see the defense kind of make some similar strides. I echo the comments with Bryce Young. I, I just, I definitely just be a defensive back and a guy who just you know studied quarterbacks for a living. This young man is special. This guy, he's he's a real deal. He is the very real deal. Tough, tough competitor. Takes a hit, stays in the pocket, throws the ball, does an outstanding job. And so, I definitely think he's the right one. Uh, the running game. We've been talking about the running game. What a running game I saw today had some life in it. I saw it last week have life in it, and I saw it again. That was with uh, with uh, Hubbard, Sanders, and Chenault, and this week it was just Hubbard and Sanders and, and Blackshear. Yeah. And so, um, uh, not Sanders, but uh, Chenault. And so uh, I, I liked what I'm seeing because that means the offensive line is doing a good job of blocking. That's what that means. And then lastly uh, – I know that we can get some sacks. Yeah. I know what I think that's going to be the telltale thing for the defense to get the defense over the hunt is getting turnovers. Yep. Turnovers are key. And if we can get some turnovers, um, interceptions, forced fumbles, and uh, the next two weeks just be working on that, if we can get those turnovers, I think that also aids in our offense of, wow, that enthusiasm momentum that we need. So – Defense, I'm going to call for good sound tackling and turnovers the second half. All right, and takeaways coming into today. Panthers were tied for 23rd, four. They did have a pick six today, so they are now fifth. Uh, or they have five, I should say. They have five takeaways. So that might move them up a little bit depending on what happens the rest of uh, the rest of today. Hardest working player of the game presented by Sunbelt Reynolds, Hubbard. the official rental equipment partner 
of the Carolina Panthers, and it is indeed Chuba Hubbard. Chuba played extremely well, no doubt about that. Running inside and out, he had a great vision, held on to the ball, but really getting those first downs on third down and one, third down and two, I thought he did an excellent job. Only had about 88, 90 yards. So, but those 90 yards, 88 yards, whatever it was, was incredibly helpful for, you know, what we do run-wise. Yep, and the team, you know, the, the only option, is, well, the, the positive option is to, is to move forward. And so they're going to continue to try to get better. And bye week, I think, as you mentioned, comes at a good time. And it's not really a murderer's row coming up. The schedule, I think, kind of – it's not easy. I mean, there's no easy games in the NFL. But you're not playing two teams that could potentially, um, you know, go deep into their respective conferences in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't want to see Kansas City. <laughs> no, I don't want to see Kansas City either. No, not at all. No, not at all. All right, Eugene, as always, a pleasure, my friend. This um, – this always goes by quickly, and uh, great work as always. Always right on, spending T. time with you. Also, want to thank our studio engineers, David Eads and Wendell Black. Our Eats. studio producers, Byron Putnam and Matt Hogan. Amy Martin oh, is our put. broadcast manager. Eric Fiddleman, our affiliates manager, and David Langton is our executive producer. So for Eugene Robinson, I am Mike Pacheco. We'll uh, hope to see everybody in two weeks when the Panthers will be back here at Bank of America Stadium taking on the Houston Texans. You have Carolina been listening. Panthers football is brought to you by Harris Teeter, the official grocery store of your Carolina Panthers. Buick, a proud sponsor of the Carolina Panthers. Mount Olive, the official pickle juice of the Carolina Panthers. Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.